Hello, thinkers, and welcome to Thoughts Please, the podcast where we ask big, vague questions and just see where the conversation goes. With me today is Ganan Adamu, a BBC Merseyside radio host and also the founder of I Woman Academy. How are you today, Ganan? <laughs> Good moods all around. Always, always. I'm, you know what? Loving life, loving lockdown. Not like some, but I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, in a, I'm, in, I'm always in good spirit. That's what we like. And lockdown's almost over. I mean, what? We've got two days until we go to a park and meet one person. You know, <laughs> great, great times. <laughs> we can finally see those one, that one person we've been longing to see. All right, it's season one's big question. My question for you today, which is, what is love? So. Can I have your thoughts, please? Ooh, that's you know what, Keegan. That's a big question. That is such a big question. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. So I so years and years ago, I remember. Um, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't dating him, but there was a guy that actually that liked me, and you know, and I remember he said, you know, there's three different types of love, and I was like, really. And he was like, there's ice cream love, which is like the type of love where you're like, you know what? I love that chocolate. I like that flavor ice cream. You know, it, it fills you up for that second and then it goes, you know, and then you want, you know, you might want to dip in now and again. And then he said there was the, um, was it the, you know, that kind of love, family love where you say, you know what, that's my, fa- you know, you just love, obviously, you love your family, your friends. And then there was the love, love, like you're in love, you know, with a partner. And I was like, okay, then. So at the time, I was like, oh, my God, so for a while, I don't think I've ever loved love, you know, in a relationship. I've kind of had that ice cream love where you kind of like, I lust for you. I like, you know, but it's not love, love. Now, I'm a big, I'm a big lover. Like I, like I love, I love life. Uh, I love animals. Like I, I love everything. Like literally. Um. So for me, love is such. Um. I think when I talk about love, I think if we had more love in in the world, we wouldn't have the issues that we have now. If people actually led with love rather than fear, we wouldn't have world hunger because we would treat other people the way we deserve to be treated. So for me, love is such a big thing. Um, And during lockdown, I've been doing more reading around spirituality and meditation. And I remember one of the things I read was lead with love, not with fear. So things like when you were starting the podcast, you know, you led with love, not with fear, because the fear would have been the one that would hold you back. But you're going, you know what, this is a passion of mine. I really want to talk to other people. This is, you know, I love doing this. I love talking to people. Let me just see what happens, you know. And it's a love of women that allowed me to start I Woman. So, yes, yeah, so a love for me is solve so many problems. And I wish more people would, would lead with love. So, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think... And it's it's kind of something that everyone that I've talked to has discussed and, and mentioned is that it's so multifaceted. It's got so many aspects to it and there's different types of love and there's different levels of love. And I almost feel like English as a language doesn't have enough words for it. We need yeah. we need more loves. I like your I like um ice cream love, family love, love love. I I, I think in one of the episodes I, I said when you're a kid you've got you like someone and you've got you like yeah. like them. You know, if you remember as a kid, you're like, <laughs> I like them, but I don't like like them. Like like I, them. Yeah, it's like, if you go, I, I love you, but I don't love love you. And I, we just need some more words around it. I, you mentioned you're a big, you're a big lover. I, 
I get hug vibes from you. Are you a hugger? Are you a big hugger? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I am a hugger, but also the funny thing is, I'm also like a cat as well because <laughs> okay. I'm like, <laughs> because I'm um so I'm. The, the funny thing is, with the job that I do, everyone always assumes that I'm an extrovert, but actually I'm an introvert. So my energy actually comes from having that kind of isolated time, you know, where I'm not in crowded areas. So I'm not a big fan of festivals, you know, or anything like that, or, you know, big clubs or anything. So I love my energy goes be, goes from being around people because I want to give so much. So if I see you, I want to give you so much love so many hugs and then it's like every time i hug people they've taken away some of my powers <laughs> yeah yeah i i get that i think a lot of people presume that about presenters and performers and and things that they they assume that you must be extroverted and i mean obviously there are some people who are but there are a lot of cases where you're not and it's it's not that it's an act or a character but like you said it's you you you're having to give up some of yourself to do that and you just need time to recharge i'm like i'm the same i everyone always assumes i'm i'm an extrovert i'm i'm loud and i'm confident and you know i get to a point where i i need a break and i need time for myself i'll be at a party and you know i'll be chatting 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 and all of a sudden i go i'm done yeah <laughs> i'm just Bye. i'm done i'm going home i need me time and you just need like you said like a cat you just need to sort of bask in the sun and just absorb <laughs> and just sort of recharge and refuel it's so true because uh, and that's the thing people assume so much about your personality that when i remember um i did the personality test I've done it like five times now and i've come out as an intj and every time i tell people what i am they're like I am, and I'm like, yeah, because my energy, I'm such a logical thinker, but my energy, I need time to, that time to myself. So lockdown has, lockdown actually has been a blessing for me because I've been able to plan. I've not had people just know wanting to swing by or anything like that. So selfishly, I've really, really enjoyed lockdown. I've just, <laughs> you know, and it sounds <laughs> what I've loved it. I mean, it sounds bad, but you know, the thing is, is, I think it's really important, and this is another type of love, is self-love, you yes. know? And if, you, if you've if you taken the time to focus on yourself and grow, and, and yeah, I get, you know, obviously there are people and you have to be empathetic towards the people who haven't had it as good, or, you know, whether that's they are extroverts and they do need to see other people or whether it's they've lost their jobs or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, be empathetic, but at the same time, you can't deny yourself the the fact that it has been a positive time. You can't deny that and if it's been good for you great <laughs> it's been great it's it, you know we we got to take the good where we can you mentioned what was it intj yeah it's been a while since i did a personality test but i think i might have been intj when you said intj it went ding i think that's what i got as well i'm gonna have well, to dig up my my definitely results. do it yeah because so i tried it the first time i did it i was like someone said oh you should do it again so waited a few weeks, did it again, came out the same. And I've, so yes, I've done it four or five times. And when I read upon it, um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Hillary Clinton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Karl Marx, um, Jane Austen, um, who else? Yeah, or yeah, INTJ. But the funny thing is, um, obviously, the, so there's only, I think, 
only 1% of the population is an INTJ, yeah. And and on top of that, I was made up because obviously being a black female, it's like no point through, like... <laughs> it just, it goes, the statistics just go way yeah. down. So I was way, like, I'm special, down. I'm yeah. special. <laughs> and we love to be special. We love to be, I'd, I'd be interested to, so my, my day job is as a stats guy. I'm a data analyst, that's what I do. So I, I look at numbers and spreadsheets and things. And I'd be interested to see if... That you mentioned there that as a as a black female the percentage is lower. I'd be interested to see if that is causal, like that there is a difference in that, or if it's more just the fact that not as many people, uh, not as many black females have taken the test. If it's not as you know available to them, and therefore the sample size just isn't that big there to determine. It's very American, isn't it? Because the UK doesn't really buy into it. Whereas I think in America, they love to put it on like their CVs to say, you know, this is what I am, like a badge of honor. So I would literally run with that if I lived in the States. I'd be like, I'm an INTJ. <laughs> oh, you'd get all the jobs. Just immediately after this podcast, it will be like, they'll be come flooding in all the Americans. But you and actually, it's true. Yeah, I um, I applied for a job in America at one point and they, they, they asked for... <laughs> It's like in the in the job application, it's like, what is your personality type? And I was like, I don't know. Well, the, I think the funny part about it was, so when I looked when I looked up, it was it it was actually me to a T. So my strengths, I want to read this quite quick. So my strengths, oh, N- Nikola Tesla, as well as INTJ. Okay. So it's quite some powerful people. I, I, I'm I'm feeling less confident that my result was INTJ the more you talk. But I'm no. I'm hoping it was because I'm like, ooh, I can be special too. No, because... <laughs> but wait, so the strengths, you love this. So the strengths are high self-confidence, quick and versatile mind, I mean statistics, um, jacks of all trades, independent and decisive, hardworking and determined imaginative and strategic those are our strengths however our weakness okay <laughs> this is the part i was like i think that's me this uh, so so far on the strengths with so I've, I've pretty much ticked as much as it sounds you know kind of cocky but yeah self-confident right yeah exactly. i've ticked all of those boxes so far <laughs> so let's see if i can agree to the faults here so weaknesses arrogant perfectionists Likely to overanalyze, judgmental, maybe insensitive, often clueless when it comes to romantic relationships. Okay. So that is me to a T, and that is why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I was gonna I was gonna say now there is a perfect segue, right? That's that's amazing. We're talking about love. <laughs> Not so good in the romantic sides. Tell me, have you got any, like, are there any date stories that have just oh, gone God. horribly wrong? Ooh, I've got quite a few. Um, so <laughs> when I was... <laughs> there was what I'll... So there was, I'll give you two. So the first one was, um, I was in, I think I was about 20, 21. And my friend was like, oh, Ganan. You, you know, I want to set you up with this guy. You know, he's lovely, right up your street. You know, go a good job. I was like, I'm okay then. You know, I trust you. You're my friend. So, but him and so she, I, 
So she was going out with his friends and they were coming to Liverpool. So they were, they were from London, coming to Liverpool. Uh, and obviously it was like, you know, he must have said the same thing. Let's do this kind of double date thing. So his name was Godfrey. But he said, oh, feel free to call me God. And I thought he was joking, but actually he wasn't. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't joking. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he was I was like, okay, I'm, I'm being in mind. I'm like, what, 20? I'm thinking, you loser. So... So he thought he was, he, he was quite arrogant. So um, he picks me up in a taxi. And at the time I used to work in a bar. I was a, um, a cocktail waitress. So I said, well, let's go to the bar that I work. And it'll be, you know, it's e like, it'll be easy for us and blah, blah. It's cheaper, get cheaper, discounts. Cheaper, yeah. exactly. So we get to the, get to the bar. And um, so we, we, we're in the taxi, get to the bar. And he puts his hand in his pocket. So I thought he was about to pay for the taxi. But he kept his hand in his pocket. <laughs> so. just, that's just his pose. That's just how God stands. <laughs> you know, that's just it's just what God does. One hand Chilling. in the pocket, like, yeah, chill. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so then obviously awkward. So I, I paid for the taxi. Then we get into the bar and we sit down. And then obviously he sees me talking to my um my friends. So I'm saying something, you know, I'm on a date, blah, blah. So I come back to the table and I'm like, oh, um, what do you like what do you want so he like he's ordering and i'm like oh would, would it be easy if we get like a picture of cocktail and blah blah so he's like yeah yeah so i was waiting for him to say how much is it no like he didn't say anything so i went to the bar and obviously i still, I still had to pay even if it was discounted i still had to pay you know so paid for it and he actually saw me paying so it wasn't like he didn't see me take money out of my pocket i mean he saw like he was watching me at the bar so bought so ordered everything brought the picture and we're waiting for our food finished then my, my friend and her friend his friend came and then the the drinks had finished and everyone's just sitting there like i thought are you not is nobody going no one to gonna... Like, no one's doing the round. This is kind of how the normal social rules, you know, I've bought a round. I didn't want to buy the whole round, but I've bought the round. It's your turn. You then do... No, no one's going to... No, like, oh. literally, it was just, it was like a proper awkward silence. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get another another drink. So I said, oh, well, I'll go and get another um, picture. Is there, is there anything that anyone wants or should I just get it? So obviously because I'm paying, they're like, oh no, you, you just get what you, you just get what you think. And I was like, oh, okay, got the round again. So, and then after that, they were like, oh, where should we go next? And I said, no, I'm going home. And he was like, oh, I've, I've had such a good time. Like we should, it's like, I was like. Of course you have. <laughs> I've paid for everything. <laughs> and okay, so this is, this is one of my things, right? Obviously gender equality, it's we shouldn't assume that the guy's going to pay but it is one of those things that i think you know what actually maybe they should it's it's one of those nice things right and so my the way i approach it is i will always offer to pay i will always offer to pay and that it doesn't matter whether this is a date or whether this is just with friends like i, I offer to pay and then you give i always give people one out so they if they say if i offer to pay and they go Okay, you can pay. Great, I'm paying. If they say, no, no, let's split it, or no, I want to pay, I go, it's fine. I don't mind. I can get it. I've given, because then at that point, they've done the polite thing of offering. I've said no. And if they don't want to pay, 
they've done the polite thing, they can easily back out. But if they then insist, no, no, let's halve it, or I, I want in, then I go, cool, sweet, you can bet. Because I think that's the, it's the fairest kind of option there. Well, this is it, and you know what, it's, um, and that's the funny thing, because I'm quite old-fashioned, even though, and it's weird, it's, because I'm very independent, and to me, it's like, I do want to see that, I do want to see that chivalry, I do want to, because what, you know, what you're going to get from me in a relationship is probably going to surpass that, that first date, so to me, I just want to, to me, it's like, I just want to see the kind of man you are, you know, and it's not, and this is the thing, because it, it goes back and forth with some people, women might say, oh, it's feminism, it's this, and it's like, well, no, being a gentleman should not take away from you still being a feminist, you know. And see, this is something that I, I think is very interesting, because I think it is hard, and it's getting harder these days to separate those things, and I yeah. think a lot of both men and women struggle to find the right way to phrase things or say things or ask questions or know what is and isn't okay and i think i think you hit it there it's having someone be a gentleman doesn't detract from your femininity and your ability to be a strong independent woman just because they've offered to pay isn't it you shouldn't take it as an insult yeah and that's the thing and i I think also it's about as you mentioned, it's about being polite about it as well. So they say, you know, I know certain women who might say, oh, who do you think you are paying for me? And it's like, well, have a conversation about it. If you feel strongly about it, say, you know what, I'd love to pay half. Now, I know when I've been out on dates, um, if it's a blind date or, um, I wouldn't say, yeah, if they've like, say, for example, if they've liked me and they've asked me out on a date, then I assume you're going to pay because you liked what you saw and you want to take this further. So I'm like, all right, then you've asked me. I didn't ask. They've you. instigated the date. They've, they've exactly. set it up. It's it's like it's it's on them to kind of. Yeah, they've they've asked for this yeah. date. They can pay for this date. Exactly. <laughs> now, the only time. So this is this is my uh, this is my logical INTJ thinking. <laughs> so if I've been out on a date and I know I do not want to see this guy again, I will either like push to pay half or just push to pay for the whole meal as collateral damage (laughs) 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 but if i let you if i if i let the guy pay to me it's like you know what i'll 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 always say let me get the the next one you know kind of we're definitely going to go out on a second date um but you know i've had guys who refuse and they're just like no anytime we go out i pay you know, and, you know, and I've never had the problem with it. So, but sometimes I'm like, all right, then we'll let me cook dinner, you know, because that's the, that's the, the, the way that's going. But if we go out, if they insist on paying, then I'm fine with that. But I show my, you know, I show equality. In you you ways. pay in other ways. You, exactly. There are other ways. It's not just about finance. And I think you, you mentioned there that there are some women who really hate it when 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 the guy always pays or offers to pay and and i think you're right it's just about a conversation that's kind of where my approach is is kind of why i developed that approach of i'll offer to pay and if they insist then it's like okay well i'm not going to argue with you i'm and i think that's where a lot of people get um touchy about it is if if the guy is like no i have to pay because i'm the man you're a woman therefore i'm paying that's the that's the negative side of like but wait, why can't they pay if they if they want to? Well, this is it, isn't it? And it depends. You, you, you. I think you'll always get the person's personality from the first date, anyway. So I'm. So first dates are very important for me. So my second story. Um, I'd been out. I was dating an American guy, 
and I thought it was going well. And then one day, cause one day he was like, Ganan, you don't show me your vulnerable side. And I was like, the, what? what? <laughs> He was like, if I wanted to date my friends, I would have dated them. I'm looking for a girlfriend. I was like, you're looking for a girlfriend? Like, I thought friends... What, what am I then? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I thought girlfriends were friends and, you know, but yeah. And, and so I kind of ended it after that. I was just like, you're so weird. It was just like, I think he wanted me to be like quite soft and crying and, you know, I'm just, I'm, I am so not that person. He wanted something that you weren't, basically. He liked the look of me, but he didn't. The, but the interior just wasn't what he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. I like that. The outside, great. Oh, he wanted, yeah, he exterior. Yeah. Not yeah. He was like, she's too hardcore on the inside, you know. He he, he bought a house for the shape, but he, he needed. He wanted yeah. to remodel. <laughs> exactly. He wanted to redecorate. Like, the inside. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a bit of a question that I wrote down. It's a, it's another big one. It's love again, but it's it's another big one. So I'll, I'll I'll prepare you for that. But it's how do you think culture plays into love, and do different cultures express their love in different ways? I think so completely, completely. Um, you know, coming from I'm, I always say I'm a Nigerian scouser, and you know, you you know, within our culture, we do believe in arranged marriages, not forced marriages but arranged marriages, which obviously, you know, my family, your family, keep, you know, keep the wealth in the family, all that kind of stuff. So I think culturally there's some aspects where love hasn't played a part. It's more that you will grow to love the person that you've been partnered with. Whereas I think obviously in the UK, you know, you just everyone just, it's just free love, you know, but um, but the funny thing is, I have this conversation with my mum quite a bit, um, because she she I mean she didn't have an arranged marriage. However, she thinks that the reason why certain um cultures are disappearing is because of that mixed um mixed. So how can I how can I describe it? So if you came from a certain um class, then you would marry that class. And, you know, there was never any disagreement because you understood each other's class system and what was expected of you. So the, the conversation that we've been having is, you know, when class do mix and how lack of understanding is what causes arguments and disagreements. So obviously in the UK, you'll meet someone, you know, bit of eye candy, you, you know, you fall in love. But then it comes to, you know, wedding, you know, having children and then you start disagreeing on what religion they're going to be, what kind of school they're going to go to, you know, all that type of stuff. So, you know, so my mum's always talked about that kind of, you know, cultural differences and tribalistic differences and how that can actually cause more separation than anything else. So, you know, obviously in this day and age, divorce is higher than ever. And people are saying now that that's probably because you know, they never actually fully understood what they were. They were looking, they put, obviously, it's weird, I was going to say, they put love before anything else. And love isn't a bad thing, but sometimes to fully understand each other's cultures is what you need to to maintain that relationship. And I think that's not what, that's that's actually what's hitting um, relationships right now. There, there are people who can make these, I guess, cross-cultural and whether that's you know however you want to define that that can make that work 
but you're probably right that there is it is harder to do that and whether that's a class thing or a culture thing or whatever differences are hard and obviously you need differences to make a relationship work and and a a relationship you have to work and it has to be compromised and there has to be all these things but the bigger those disparities the harder it is and you're right if you know if you've got one person who let's say was raised uh you know went went to private school and was you know that was their thing you've got someone else who went to to public school and you know whatever else that they can be quite different especially when it comes to kids you know because both of these people probably think that what they experience is the best because you always think that your experience is the best or at least maybe not the best but it's at least what you want your kids to experience so suddenly you've got this decision to make of which one do we go with well also you know there's like in 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 my culture we be we believe in circumcision you know but then i could have you know, my son's father culturally could have not believed in that. So then that would have been a massive argument because I would have felt as if that, you know, that's going against who I am, you know, and these are conversations that I've seen come up quite a bit, even like in terms of religion, how do you raise, are they going to be raised as Catholic? Are they going to be raised as Muslim? Are they going to be raised as Sikh or, you know, and my family, um, to my mum's family, uh, um, Christian, my, my father's family are Muslim. Now, the only reason why it worked was because my, my dad was a Christian convert, you know. Okay, so he understood the Christian culture enough that they could make it work. They could yeah. get along. And then the funny thing is, even though my mum was raised as a Christian, she has no interest at all in Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was the one who, you know, but they both believed that we had to go to church and my brothers were altar boys. And then when we got to 16, it was like, you can do whatever you want. But then, you know, a lot of the arguments I see that happens within relationships um, from family and friends, it is the cultural differences, you know, where one might not agree or further down the line, they've gone, well, no, I actually don't agree with that, you know, and it always, yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's always a tricky one or someone's family wants to have a marriage in a church, another one just wants to have a non-religious ceremony. So these are big things, you know, cultural, yeah, cultural identity is massive. When it comes to relationships. A, a good example of that on the wedding side is, is Indian weddings. If you have a multicultural marriage and, and one of the partners is Indian, then you always end up with two weddings. Yeah. <laughs> you have the big Indian wedding, which they're incredible. I don't know if you've ever been to an Indian I have, wedding, but I have. they're amazing. <laughs> but like, you can't not have one of those. But if the other partner wants their traditional wedding you know the the white gown in 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 the church or even just a beach wedding whatever if you want you always end up with two well my my friend did that so she's chinese and her husband is indian so they both had two weddings so he had a big um indian sikh wedding and then she had i think she's um buddhist and then they had a buddhist ceremony so and i was just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, but the good thing was there wasn't that big argument of you got to convert or do anything like that. But that's because both parents fully understood, that, you know, that they live in the UK and they couldn't, they didn't want to force that onto the onto onto the children. But the the compromise was that they would have two weddings, you know, and that was it. I think you mentioned something a little bit back about sort of cultures aren't disappearing, but maybe watering down in, in in a way you know because as you mentioned 
normally you'd marry within your culture. Do you think that we are seeing almost a watering down of cultures around the world because of, I guess, the mixing and and the ability for people to travel and move around the place so easily? And then, I guess, continuation on that, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I think, you know what, it's, it's crazy because, like, my little boy is 10 and already he's very, you know, he understands how things are changing and how how fluid he wants to be, you know. Um, so I definitely think it's watered down because you find a lot of young ones now are very big about around spirituality more than religion, you know. And, you know, parents are understanding that, that they now understand in the circle that I'm in that they can't control everything. And when you try and control, you're actually pushing the kids further away from the actual culture. So they're trying to find ways of allowing the children to still embrace their culture and be who they are being raised in a Western society, you know. Um, but also I get the sense with some communities that the young ones want to know more. So if you come from another country, you want to be so connected to that part of you because there's this, there's this, um, you know, you mentioned about self-love, there's this love of identity and having the confidence in who you are. And especially I think off the back of, you know, Black Lives Matter, so many different different communities now, are their children are really pushing and saying, you know what? Yes, you know, I am Jewish. Yes, I am Muslim. Yes, I, you know, I'm proud of who I am. I am, you know, so it's this thing of owning, having ownership of who you are, but then being able to marry the two. So... I always say I'm a Nigerian Scouser because that actually, that's my personality, you know. Um, I love, you know, I've got the Scouse humour and I still love eating my Nigerian food, you know. So, but it's it's mad, but like, it, I think we we are global citizens now. And for a lot of us who are, who are mixed in identity and cultures, you don't really belong anywhere because no matter where you go, people will always ask that question there's that fear, the question, but where are you from? You know, so I like, you know, so in, in the UK, people say, all right, then we know you're black, but where you like, where's your family from? And I can't get away with that because obviously my name's Gunan Adamu, but then I go to... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite an obvious one there. Yeah. You're not like you know, Jill. Jill. You know. <laughs> but then I go to Nigeria or go to, and, they'll, and I'm like, I'm Nigerian and they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> and I guess that must be so tough is that you don't quite fit in yeah. at either place. You're not quite Scouse and you're not yeah. quite Nigerian. Nigerian. And like for you, that's fine. You're you're comfortable with that with yourself. But for other people, because oh, as humans, we love to put pe- you know things in boxes yeah. and categorize and label. And it's like, how do you how do you deal with? And I I, I mean I I'm making an assumption here, but how do you deal with feeling? always like slightly like an outsider no matter which place you're in you know it's with age i've learned to accept it i think when i was younger i hated it because you know going back to nigeria especially they would call me a white girl you know because to them it was like the way i talk and i was like no but i'm i'm one of you you know you know i'm still one of you and then to them it's like mm, no you don't sound like us you don't look like us and, and the funny thing is um it's, it's crazy. They can always tell that you don't live there. There's something about your complexion, the way you, the way you move. Even if I didn't open my mouth, there's just something that, you know, and even like 
just in general, they'll say, you're not Nigerian. I could meet another Nigerian in the UK and they will say, are you from Brazil, Senegal, um, anywhere but Nigeria. Anywhere but Nigeria. But- <laughs> so were you born in Nigeria? Yeah. Yeah, born. And how how long did you live there before you moved over? So we moved to the UK when I was three. So my dad worked, for, yeah, so my dad worked for United Nations as a doctor. So the United Nations were like, you know, well, you can move your family anywhere in the world, you know, without, with like, with our support. And he decided to move us to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I laugh, but... I chose to move to Liverpool as well from the other side of the world, so I'm not one to judge. I find it so interesting that that you get that question of like, but where are you from? But where are you really from? Because I'm from somewhere probably further away. You know, I'm so being from New Zealand, I think is is actually technically further away. I never get that. I've never been asked that. It's you mad, know, isn't it? I, I have an accent. Like you, you have a Scouse accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I have, I have a, a foreign accent. I'm, I'm here on a temporary visa. You know, I am by all accounts a foreigner. I've never once had someone question my culture. The best, though, Keegan. The best. I, I loved it. So was it like so before lockdown? Um, it was so. I think it was 2018. It was so hot. And um, I was going into the lift. I'd finished work and I was going to the lift. And um, there was me and uh, a, a lady with her elderly mum. So we were in the lift and I was like, oh God, it's it's so hot. And then the mum, the elderly woman said to me, oh my God, I would have thought you'd be used to this weather. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm from here. <laughs> like I have lived here. This is... <laughs> And her daughter was so, she was like, mom. And I was like, listen, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, you you know, so you get, you can't, I think, but yeah, definitely when I was younger, it bothered me because, you know, I'd be talking, you know, Scouts and like even in taxi, they'll go, where are you from? And I'm like, I've got a Scouse accent. Do not hear this. It was crazy. I, and and there was, it was, I can't remember now where I read. And it was to do with, um, it was like, I think it was like, to do with psychology. So when white people will see someone that was different, they would see they would see rather than hear. So when you were talking, they wouldn't hear what you were saying because they were too busy focused on the exterior. So they're thinking, there's no way you don't look like you should be from here. So I can therefore I can't understand what you're saying. And that was the thing. So it was like this kind of Charlie Brown, you know, like peanuts, wah, wah, like, you know, you can't hear nothing. And uh, I even remember being asked by a taxi driver if I was American. And I was like, have I got an American accent? And I thought, <laughs> but, but you know that what's even for, so like, even when I do travel, when I travel for um, the BBC, people do not think that they are black people in the UK. So they all assume that I'm American. So like I was in India and the guy was like, excuse me, ma'am, are you from California? I was like, I wish. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be great. And it is, I was like, oh no, from, from Liverpool, the UK, you know, the Beatles and Liverpool Football Club. And they will honestly say, there's black people in the UK. I'm like, yeah, there's quite a few of us. Just a couple. Just a few. But the funniest was, um, I was in the States and this guy was like, oh, when he heard my accent, he's like, are you German? 
And I was like, no, from Liverpool, from the UK. And he was, I was like, England. He's like, London. I was like, well, not London, but I thought, you know, I'm not going to take anything. I was like, yeah. And he goes, I've got a cousin called Paul. He lives in Birmingham. Do you know him? And I was like, black guy, got like a shaved head. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. See, that that is something I do get when I tell people I'm from New Zealand. They go, oh, I know someone who lives in New Zealand. Do you know them? Here's the scary bit, though. About one in three, I do genuinely know. The last two times someone's gone, oh, I've got a friend or I've got a cousin who lives in New Zealand. Do you know them? I've gone, up, oh, probably. Give me their name. And I search them on Facebook and I shit you not. I've got like at least one or two mutual friends with them. And this last one, I was like, oh yeah, I've been to a party with them. I had a good old chat. I know, I I genuinely knew them. It is crazy that, because New Zealand's got 4 million people in it, which you'd think is a lot, but it's it's really not. It really isn't. (laughs) It's really, really not. Did I answer your question though in terms of trying to fit in? Because I think in a way, um, it's with a lot of us, because I'm 41 this year. And it has taken me quite a long time to just go, you know, my identity, as long as I'm comfortable with my identity, I'm not really that fussed anymore, you know. And there was a time when, you know, people would say to me, there's no way you could be a presenter with that accent or there's no way you could be because you look a certain way or, you know, you need to, if you want to be on TV, you've got to change this and change. You know, there's always people tell me how I should talk or how I should look to be, to further my career. And I actually stayed true to myself, you know, and it's it's actually that that's allowed me to be successful. You know, now it's like, oh, we need a, we need a scouse black woman with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Go get it. And and literally, you know, now it's like I'm making money from just being me, you know. And I think that's such an important message as well, is that actually sticking to your guns and being you. I mean, it's it's the old, it's the age-old advice of, of, you know, dating. It's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Just be yourself. Just and be it yourself. sounds like the most wanky, useless information <laughs> in the world. But it really is. And it and it applies to everything. It applies to yeah. business. Or it applies to dating. It applies to, you know, anything. Just be yourself. Do what you love. And just don't let anyone else change you or tell you how you should be. Well, they always say, if you're not your true, authentic self, how can you then be comfortable being with someone else? You know, and... You know, and that's the thing, like you will genuinely find the right person for you if you are yourself. If that, if the person you're trying to be with does not accept you and your quirkiness or your flaws, then they're not the right person for you. So it doesn't make sense to try and change who you are, to try and fit into what somebody else wants, you know. And that's some of the issues that a lot of young ones now face is that they feel that they have to look a certain way to get that guy or that guy thinks he's got to spend or portray a certain image on on Instagram to get that girl, you know? So it's become very, um, I call them Insta relationships now because nobody is, they're not with each other because they genuinely like each other. Some of them are with each other because they might look good on Instagram, you know? And I'm just yeah, like- They take well, good selfies and you're going to get more likes with that person. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny because a friend of mine, her ex-boyfriend actually got back in touch with her and was like, listen, I made a mistake. And I think if we got together, we would seriously kill Instagram. And she was like, oh my God, you only want to get back with me for Instagram. And I was like, you are kidding me. Like, 
That is insane. I, I, you know what? Similar to that, I saw recently. It was like you know when you when you're just like going through the like explore page and just gives you random things. I, I, I don't follow people like this. Is basically what I'm trying to say. But it was it was a couple who were they'd gotten married yeah. because it would give them good posts on Instagram and they'd get good likes. And they were trying to decide whether or not to have a baby for the Instagram photos. And they put it on a poll on their story. Should we have a baby? Yes or no? Oh my God. Ah, what has the world come to? Oh, it's scary. It's scary, isn't it? It's scary. And that's the thing, because, you know, obviously with what I do, I'm always on social media. And you do, you know, you see young ones that that's like they really fall into that trap. You know, it's either you're so far removed from it that it doesn't bother you or you're so in, like embedded in it that every decision you make is for the gram, you know, because how are you going to look? You can't wear the same stuff twice. You've got to hire this. You've got to go into debt for this, you know, and a big thing now is a lot of young ones are seeing how, you know, rappers are spending money on their girlfriends. They're thinking that's what they should do. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not love, you know. You're meant to be having fun in the park, you know, have a picnic. Like, I, I, you know, nobody should be thinking if you can't afford to buy me Gucci, I'm not dating him. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be that yeah. way. I mean, like, sure, like, money's nice and like all these kind of things. But as I think, as you said, someone will love you for who you are. Yeah. And for all of your little quirks and the, the, the things you do and the way you smile. And, you know, the, if you really love someone, you, 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 you're even attracted to the way they walk. You're attracted to, you know, the yeah. you, you remember how they brush their teeth and, you know, and, and it's they do something weird when they brush their teeth and you're like, you know what? I love that. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's not about what you buy and it's not about how much money you can spend on them. It's about finding someone that you can just enjoy spending time with and every little thing about them just makes you smile. It's a friendship. That's why I say, you know, relationships are friendships, you know, and you know, and that's the thing. So you always have to find something that is that you love to do together or you love about the other person. You know, I've the I think I'm not I'm not too bad now, but every relationship that I used to be in, like depending on what sport it was, I would then start following that sport. So if it was if they were into motorbike racing, then I'd be like, I'm gonna follow the motorbike racing. If it was football, I'd follow football. I mean, football is one thing that I absolutely love anyway. Um, if it was UFC, you know, I'd follow UFC. If it was boxing. So I was that, you know, I was that girlfriend that I would, whatever my boyfriend liked, I wanted to support them and I'd be watching it together and really getting immersed in it with them. And I think now is, you know, I don't know if it's still the same, but I, I, I genuinely think that relationships are about a friendship, you know, there's certain things that you do like or you might not like, but you've got to compromise. You know, it's not about show, show, because people say, I think what COVID has done is it's shown that um, nothing's forever. And, you know, one minute that person can, can afford to buy you gifts, but there might be a time when he can't afford all those things. So how can you support your partner when they're going, you know, going through something that's so hard? And... You know, during COVID, I saw, you know, one of the big things that we've seen is obviously, you know, young men, um, I think aged like 20 
to like 35 are committing suicide because they can't handle the the pressure and the stress of trying to live this this lifestyle so I think we have to be realistic about relationships and what it actually means and not not for the social media it's actually you know it's love and friendship that and good yeah. sex <laughs> <laughs> very important you've got the, the sex has to be good otherwise what's the point exactly <laughs> and on that profound note i think that is a perfect place to wrap up this podcast <laughs> um thank you so much for for spending an hour with me and, and chatting about love it's been an absolute ple- pleasure you know I, like i said i love love and it's it, if more people actually lead with love and not with fear the world will definitely be a better place well that is going to be it for this episode of thoughts please let me know if you enjoyed the episode you can reach us at the email thoughts.please.podcast at gmail.com there'll be a link to that in the information section of the podcast i'll also leave links to ginan's social media and her iwoman website and all that kind of stuff as well so have a look for that if you're interested but thank you very much for having a listen and i hope to catch you on the next episode